I would define a boundary as something that like, is it going to take a lot from me that like, is, is what it's going to take from me more than what it's going to give the other person mm-hmm. um, is mm-hmm. one way to look at it. But there are instances yeah. where, yeah, maybe it is going to disappoint somebody and maybe it's still the thing that I need to do to maintain my, my sanity mm-hmm. to maintain my wants and needs. Mm-hmm. And if, if that happens time and time again, Maybe that relationship that you're in, platonic, uh, romantic, whatever it is, maybe that relationship isn't sustainable. Mm-hmm. Like maybe what they were expecting out of you. And I saw this on the flip side too, because I was so quote unquote generous. I expected the same from others. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's not sustainable. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Boundaries and Grace. My name is Taylor Chandler, and I'm your host. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I help people break negative relationship cycles. Today, you are being introduced to Anastasia. Anastasia and I work together one-on-one. She came in to break codependent patterns, and that is exactly what we did. When someone schedules a 20-minute free call with me, there's a little short form that someone has to fill out where I ask you to list your concerns. I read her free consult short form back to her at our last session and every single thing that concerned her before we got on the phone, we solved. Okay, so there's a lot to listen out for. Um, One thing that I mentioned to Anastasia that I also mentioned with Manya and that is continuing to happen with my clients now is that you all are becoming so good at this. That not only have you solved your own problems, but you are helping people through this, like through episodes like this, um, get a glimpse into solving their problems. So you, you are so good at it that you are able to help to coach people or explain this kind of thing that was so mysterious to so many people now to others. And that is huge. Okay, so there's a lot of things that you're going to get from this. I hope you have your notes and your a pen. Okay. Um, One thing in particular that I want to point out before we get started, though, is something that Anastasia does throughout this episode, which that is really, really great. That is also such a problem, such a fear for so many people. And that is the fear of becoming selfish or um, in some way unappealing or unattractive to others once you set boundaries. Okay, fear of how relationships are going to shift and change, fear of losing people. Okay, and Anastasia really breaks it down the reality of that and really debunks the fear okay so really pay attention to that throughout this episode because it's a concern for so many people i'm going to see you in the middle and i will also see you at the end thanks anastasia and thanks everyone else for listening see you soon i am anastasia and i live in california um i found Taylor, this is the most millennial thing ever, uh, on Instagram when I started following the hashtag codependence hashtag. I had um, started going to therapy like six months prior just because I'm like, I'm so stressed out and I I do too much for other people. And my therapist is like, well, you're the word codependent? Like, no, I've never heard of it before. Mm-hmm. And I uh, started following that hashtag, like any good millennial would. And mm-hmm. uh, I saw a couple of Taylor's posts that popped up. And I'm like, oh, my God, she, she's reading my mind. Um, and so after, after the second or third one where I'm like, how, how is this person inside my brain? I had to, I had to reach out and give her a call because, um, yeah, it it really spoke to me the way that uh, Taylor, the way that Taylor describes anxious attachment and just attachment styles in general. So um, that was how it started. Cool. Thank you for sharing that. And it's uh, so interesting now how people find me through Instagram. Well, I mean, I started my practice during COVID. And so I came into... Did you really? Yeah, I did. At the end of... um, Now, we're like, what year does this whole thing start? 2019, 2020? I think it was was 2020. 2020, yeah, because we just came into 2022. So, um, yeah, it was 2020 that I started the practice, and I really started focusing in on attachment styles a couple months after that. So it was actually in early 2021. Like, I just came upon, like, a year of specifically working with attachment. Um, So yeah, so I came into virtual, virtual worlds of like everybody is 
on their phones, like just searching hashtags. Um, so it's, yeah. it's interesting how, um, and I, and I just wonder, you know, without COVID what building the practice would have been like, um, so many things have affected how like people kind of, I could go down a whole rabbit hole. I'm going to stop myself, but I love that you mentioned <laughs> hashtag codependent because when I, when I even started school, like this word codependent wasn't as popular as it is now. It's been a couple of years. Um, but it's interesting how a lot of people now are coming upon the work because of the word codependency. And I also didn't know Anastasia before you just shared it, um, that your therapist said the word to you and that's how you came upon it. I shared in an episode, uh, maybe now like a month ago or something. I don't know, but that, that my therapist was the one in, um, years ago who said codependent to me and I was like what what is this really yeah <laughs> and, I, and I literally I probably went to her just two times because we we weren't like a a really solid fit like you know you know how this feels like it's like okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we're like super aligned with like yeah. what's going on it yeah. wasn't that but she did notice that in me and she was the one that said it. And I'm like, I think that the, well, the reason why I even got to, I got to her was so that someone could just say, like, it's codependency. <laughs> and, I, and I just took that and it opened up this whole thing. It was crazy. So it, That's exactly how it felt for me. Mm-hmm. It was like the key to opening up the door. Um, and it took a while for us to get there, like between me and my that first therapist, mm-hmm. because the way I, the, the way at least she had described it is I don't present that way. Right. I'm in a functioning um, romantic relationship that isn't riddled with substance abuse and a lot of times oh codependency is the Al-Anon or you know the, yeah. the spouse that's left over from an alcoholic relationship and, and it's not that at all but like those people pleasing tendencies yes. are poof, were rampant in me <laughs> yeah yeah and it is often related to addiction or families with some where there is active addiction but the patterns like you're saying, like the people pleasing or the hypervigilance, the um, yes. super anxiety yeah. and codependency in general does not have to come from a family uh, with a, with addiction, like substance abuse, but it actually exists in what often people think of as just like normal family dynamics when actually they can be pretty problematic and have some detrimental effects. You were also, Anastasia, the very first person who, and, and I guess this just comes comes back to the um the 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 way that codependency has now become like more of a common word used uh, or it's something that people are it's yeah. even more common knowledge I guess is a better way to put it you were the first person that's put in the short form in the free consult call when you scheduled it generational codependency really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was um as I was like doing a more and more and the great because I think I reached out to you Taylor I want to say it was January 2021 so we had been like yeah January 2021 so we'd been you know living with COVID Mm -hmm. for 10 months at this point um I know that was like in the middle of a huge spike so we were really virtual in terms of um in in terms of like our communities and it honestly gave me time to like Mm -hmm. sit back and reflect on what the what my like upbringing and family dynamic had been which was um very much (laughs) very much existed in a way to make sure that like the elders of the family so in my case like uh um an elder elder grandfather that was pleased, right? So that's, that was, that was the existence of the rest of the family. And, you know, you worked for this person's approval. And if mm-hmm. this person was unhappy, they would uh, voice it and everyone would scramble to make sure this person was happy. And I know I am not a outlier. I'm sure a lot of uh, immigrant families go through this. Mm-hmm. Like I am sure I was learning about, Oh, generational trauma. And like, from me as as a millennial, right? It's my grandparents' generation. And in in our case, survived World War II in Europe and had to deal with the Nazis. And then Mm -hmm. uh, they took that survival mode where like just being alive was was to survive. And they passed that on to the next generation, 
which was in my case, my parents' generation. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like pass that on to me. But that's not the world that I'm currently living in. Like I'm not, I don't have to fight in the, in the street for shoes made out of tires. Like my grandparents had to, but that, like that heightened nervous system just kind of got passed down along with it. Um, and uh, I was doing some reading at the time on like what causes generational trauma. And I'm like, yeah. holy shit. Oh, well, I hope, sorry. I hope yeah, I okay. on this. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll just, mar- I just marked the explicit um, button when I upload it so that everybody. Yeah. Knows. Just mark the, yeah, there you go. There you go. Oops, sorry for kids are listening. <laughs> um, where it really dawned on me that, that uh, the, the the constant scramble, the constant scramble to make sure that everyone's okay and and everyone else is fine, mm-hmm. it wasn't anyone's fault necessarily. It was like a side effect of of what had happened in in like the past in my uh, the, the past of the, the elders in my family, and just kind of got passed down because no one knew what to do with it. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of, you know, people talk about the perils of social media, but at the same time, there's a lot to be said for being able to see this common experience that yes. I'm sure a lot of people my age, like in our generation, mm-hmm. uh, are experiencing mm-hmm. and can kind of put those dots together where it's like, oh, I understand why my family acts this way. I understand why I act this way because it was what I saw modeled. Um, and they literally like good on them because it's literally how they survived at the time. But I, I don't have to do that to, to literally live to be to the next day. Yeah. The next day. You know, what is so wild and we are, I, I don't know if we are about to go down a rabbit hole right now. I'm not sure. I just want to say that. right Yeah, now maybe we are. Sorry about I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> no, this is so what you just said is so crazy important because you just gave a really great example of how the immigrant experience or the experience with Nazi Germany can affect attachment. Okay, that's what you just that's what you just reflected on, right? That was part of it. Yeah. And what so many people what I love about this is that I'm black, you're white, and you just framed it like that, right? And what you just described Black people describe this as uh, take that what, what you just the the pro, uh, process of relating how that can affect disrupt the process of healthy relating because of the nature of being in survival. That is how black yeah. people frame slavery and the effect of the disruption of attachment in the black community. So what I love about what you just did and you that don't makes, even that's you don't I was like you don't even know what you're doing right so now. Sense. It makes it so makes much so sense, sense, right? Because so I love that you yeah. just described it like that because something that I talk about often and I think that what you just oh my god, I'm so happy that you did that because I'm always like <laughs> guys, like like this is it's raceless, it's genderless, it's ageless. It's it like it's as atta- this is human attachment and humans human behavior is human behavior regardless of which human we're talking about. And so I love that you just gave that perspective because it shows exactly how um, there can be an entirely different experience, but the same experience, right? Like the effect of of disrupted families and being in such a violent, I don't even know what word to come after that because like situation is such an understatement, right? But like, a, let's call it a violent period in time um, from from totally different, seemingly different cultures, but it has the same emotional effect and generational codependency is the effect, can be an effect, right? Disrupted yeah. attachment, insecure attachment, not be feeling safe, not um, having a dysregulated nervous system, coming from a family system that might have been an effective or rather the beginning of a dysregulated nervous system is, is like hypervigilance because I'm, a, I'm afraid of there, there are active threats in the environment. And so I need to be hypervigilant to protect myself. But what you just described is different from slavery, right? But has the same sort of yeah. outcome. So that was amazing. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and since you already have to mark this as explicit, whoops, <laughs> for my earlier slip up, um, it, it just goes to show that just because 
maybe the fucked up things that happened in like my answers, ancestors past, your mm-hmm. ancestors past, like mm-hmm. what has happened in the world, um, just because it didn't affect me personally or, mm-hmm. or you personally, mm-hmm. or that, that, uh, messed up net mm-hmm. has, you know, filtered down or been watered down at our direct experience doesn't mean that it doesn't affect us. Um, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that it hasn't in some manner, um, yes, filtered down through systemic structures in society, but also like you're saying through, through generational trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's affected who we are because it affected our, our, parents because it affected our grandparents and yes. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Wow. It truly is a shared experience. I'm like, I'm not making this up. I'm like, I'm like I need, to, I need this to be, how can, how can we keep showing this? Like that it really does not matter who you are, or where you're from. Like it's, it's really, I mean, so yeah, it's, it's truly a shared experience. Yeah. So what is it? Heal yourself and you, you heal, you heal, heal the future. What? <laughs> what is it? Heal, yeah. <laughs> heal, heal yourself, right? Like if you yeah. heal yourself, you heal your future kids. Like yeah. ideally, there's less like you, there's less you pass on to them, and yeah. less to the next generation. And I, that's why I yeah. love working with parents of young kids like you. I love. We're going down so many different roads. We're not on track, but I know. I oh man, I'm the queen of rabbit holes. Sorry, Taylor. <laughs> I feel like how it was in session. I'm like, we could just go all over the place. It's so fun talking to you, but. Um, I love working with parents with young kids because I mean with any kid, but but nice with when you're when they're really young because you you can see how much of an impact that you have. Oftentimes that that first freaks people out, right? And I think you experienced a bit of that that kind of like anxiety of like, oh my god, like how am I relating to my kids? Like yeah. how are they going to turn out? And that's super yeah. like normal for a parent to experience like a lot of anxiety. But then when you can see that you can do something about it, I love like how, um, how motivated people oftentimes, and this, this is not just an effect of like, it's not like this detrimental codependent trait. It's just an effect of being a parent. I believe (laughs) that's like, okay, wow. I'm super motivated to do this for my kids. Like to actually like shift the way that I'm relating to them to be so aware, you know, like we're in like this world of conscious parenting now, um, which you and I talked about a couple of times during our sessions, but this like awareness that you do affect your children and that you can, um, if, even if there have been some negative things along the way that maybe someone wasn't aware of, you can fix those things and you can relate differently. And I love parents being able to see that change and how they can affect that positively in their own house. Do you have anything you want to share about that? Yeah, that's, I mean, everything you said is spot on. Um, and the only thing I would add is, for those of us with young kids who are taking that like conscious parenting approach, mm-hmm. what, even if you don't realize it at the surface, cause I definitely, I don't want to say that I recognize it at the surface where mm-hmm. I was like, I need to, I need to go heal myself to help my kids. That was, that was absolutely not the, not the path that my mind took. It was, mm-hmm. why is my life so messed up and why am I so anxious all the time? And I need to help myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a huge part of that was parenting is really triggering and mm-hmm. so, uh, like, if, if your kid is doing something that, I don't know, you would have gotten slapped for, or just um, mm-hmm. doing something that maybe there's some unresolved, like, family, mm-hmm. uh, maybe trauma, but not, not even trauma, uh, just unresolved, uh, doing something in a way that you have not learned to help helpfully deal with it. Yeah. So um, a way before you parenting going, can be really triggering that way that I might describe it is something that you just haven't been able to make sense out of. Like it hasn't, it hasn't turned into like yeah. a cohesive narrative for you. So it's sort of like, it's there, but it hasn't like you said, it hasn't resolved in a yeah. way where like you're at peace with whatever that thing is. Go on. It, that's, that's a really, that's a really good way to say it. And the way a lot of my, uh, like the way a lot of my, parent parent friends might uh, identify it which is similar to how i identified it is your kid is throwing a tantrum and it like sends you into overdrive because oh my gosh my kid's making a scene or they're really upset i don't know what to do and the at least uh the way that i grew up with it was well you know you don't do that you you don't you don't dream and and cause a scene like that and how does a kid internalize it they Mm -hmm. internalize like okay well i can't 
I can't show my emotion or at least I, I don't know how I, how to identify my emotion right mm-hmm. now. Um, and so then when you're on the parent and the flip side and you're watching your kid doing this, it's sending, at least for me, I felt like it was sending me back to that emotional state of mm-hmm. not knowing how to describe how I was feeling. And in that moment when I was just completely dysregulated and overwhelmed with my kids banging her fist on the floor screaming, I was like, I need to figure out how to, uh, how to stay calm. Cause all your parenting books will say, well, you know, you need to be the calm one in this situation. I'm like, I don't know how to, I don't, I literally <laughs> yeah, don't know how yeah, to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So don't feel like you need to know where your gaps are. Parenting will show you where your gaps are. <laughs> <laughs> so I've heard, which is why I had to add this piece of, and it might've actually, honestly, Anastasia might have come after a conversation that you and I had. I believe it did, actually. I added to reattach, because you didn't do reattach. We only did one-on-ones. But I Correct, added, yeah. I yeah, added bonus reflection questions for parents in particular on, on, on my oh, session to oh, reattach. Because yeah. I'm like, this is, I just kept seeing it in my one-on-one clients. Uh, and then it would happen, I think at that point in reattach, it was so new that I hadn't had a, might have only had one round of reattach before I added the reflections in. But in one-on-one work with the, my clients who were parents and especially of the young ones, uh, I was like, this is like, it's the, the, the kid stuff would be so distracting, almost similar to how like someone's husband or wife can be very distracting when they're not in the room too. Um, and I'm like, okay, we need to get this person or these little ones um, to put it in, in short, like out of the way of like the one-on-one process. And so I added those bonus reflections because I think maybe because of you, <laughs> like I was like, I am like, it's oh, very, awesome. like distracting. And like, so some, we need like a way to, I needed a way for parents to be able to digest, like understand attachment concepts in a way where they could like, let me, let me start that sentence over. I, I came up with, with questions for parents to ask themselves, it's not for their kids, um, but it's parents to reflect on on themselves. And the questions are framed in like atta- with attachment principles and secure attachment language. So rather than just being like, oh my gosh, am I being anxious with my child? Instead, I'm reflecting on, okay, do I show my child that, um, that, they, are tr- that they are to be trusted? Do I, how do I um, reflect my child's individuality back to them? And that's a way for like parents to get more like grounded in their like, thinking about it because it it can be so overwhelming um or that that was my experience sitting in the therapist chair I'm like the parents are getting really overwhelmed because they're thinking about the kids so you maybe yeah. maybe you were getting overwhelmed or something and I was like okay <laughs> we need to <laughs> do something about this um I have a question I have a question was it was it the home stuff the at-home stuff during COVID that brought you to your like original but not I can't say necessarily original but the therapist before me is that what brought you into that, or was it something else that told you you needed to just go to therapy, to in general? Oh no, I started with the other therapist in 2019. So it was before okay. the at home COVID stuff. Okay, um, and I had just that anxiety that I had. Um, I now know I can attribute to a lot of those people pleasing tendencies had had really intensified after the birth of my first child. Mm-hmm. And so when I was pro and I got pregnant with my second child, I was like, I need to figure out a way to deal with this. Cause if I'm going to now double the number of kids I have, um, I don't think I can continue to like live life in a healthy way. If I'm constantly, um, constantly up to my eyeballs in, 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 in stress hormone because it was, it was hard for me to think, uh, think through, Oh, should we go to this event on Saturday? You know, Johnny's birthday party, uh, my kid's friend. And I'd be like, well, it's, she has to nap at this time and she has to eat at this time. And what if she doesn't like the loud noises of the, uh, jumpy house? Like, Things that maybe are normal to think about, but I would think about 40, uh, mm-hmm. 40 what ifs, and it mm-hmm. was it kind of preventing me from enjoying that stage of toddlerhood with my first child. And so that's what I, um, that's why I went to therapy the first time. I'm like, hey, I'm a stressed out mom. Mm-hmm. And it was through that process with that first therapist where she's like, what? I just stressed out about motherhood. Like, 
we should look into this codependency thing. And I mm-hmm. did. And that's when I was like, oh, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. That is um, so good. And when I started, mm-hmm. yeah. Was there something else? Oh, I was just gonna say Taylor. That's <laughs> that's when I that's when I started. I was like, okay, I need to find. Let me look for some someone that specializes in codependency mm-hmm. or anxious attachment. And this it's actually like uh, I can't I can't say I think rare might be a bit too much of a word, but uncommon I think is more accurate to say that a lot of therapists don't always make that connection between the between the parent child's codependent connection. Um, so that's a, that was a good catch. Usually it's it's so related to the romantic attachments that people are only like, again, I'd say in general, um, like that association is for romantic attachments, marriage, boyfriend, girlfriend, 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 romantic, romantic, intimate relationships rather than parent child. So good catch and good for others to know that it does not always um have to or just it doesn't always manifest in general and uh with romantic relationships it can totally be in platonic relationships um whether that is parent child friend friend whatever codependency is just like um just like how insecure attachment can happen within any relational context codependency can too so i think just think that's good and that's one thing that i would add to taylor Mm -hmm. Is before before being a, a before becoming a parent, mm-hmm. it absolutely hit in my platonic friend relationship. Mm-hmm. So like the codependency traits, like the the people placing traits, didn't manifest in my romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. And so it took several sessions with that first therapist because like, well, okay, you don't have you know a codependent relationship with your husband, but it, it really affected my platonic friendship relationships as well. Yes. Um, so that was how yeah how it manifested in me. So good. You're hitting all the nuances, all of the things that like, uh, that I'm always like, oh, 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 let me make sure I touch on it. You're just like, yep, this is like, it's just like a part of this, a part of your story, which is great. Um, What, what made the difference here? You've been in therapy before. What was different about this time? What did you do differently? What was different in the experience that we had together? What, what was different? That's a really good question. Um, when I think back to, I think I might have put this in like my the first notes that I sent you, Taylor, mm-hmm. like uh, on the consult. But I was struck. I was so far away from understanding what a boundary was that yeah. when my therapist at the time was like, "Well, you know, you just have to, you just have to know who you are." And Taylor, I think you use the phrase self concept um mm-hmm. self-concept to describe that but yeah. that the initial uh, the initial person i was working with said you know you just need to know who you are and that that will um that will take care of your codependency and i'm like i don't know how to hang up a phone call like i i need some step-by-step break it down like i am a kindergartner and and tell me how to say things in certain scenarios because i don't know what to do like i I, I don't know what to do. And so I think that uh, I was looking for a somebody that I, I think why I wanted to look at somebody who specialized particularly in um, attachment theory or codependency was um, I, I knew what I had, but I didn't know how to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted somebody to, I, I think, Honestly, too, I think like being generationally the mm-hmm. same, like we're, we're really close to the same age, Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having having had, uh, being able to relate on a generational level helped mm-hmm. uh, my, the therapist that I was working with at the time, which could work really well for some people. Mm-hmm. And so I hesitate to say like, oh, you need to find somebody that's your age. Um, she, we had a hard time fitting as it related to how I would use these approaches in what my life currently looked like. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when she would try to lay out like, ah, like this is an approach that you could do, which wasn't, which also wasn't her style. um, It didn't really relate. And so, and I was too uh, new at the, uh, at at the, with my ability to set boundaries where I I couldn't make the 
mental leap from how she was phrasing it to what I needed to do mm-hmm. in my life. Um, and then on top of that, I would say I wanted somebody to tell me what I tell me like it was like, I knew I wasn't going to get these people in my life to go to therapy. Like I needed mm-hmm. to figure out how to manage relationships in a way where I felt in control of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, yeah, I just love like how straight to the point you are. It, that was what I needed. That was what I wanted. Um, and so, yeah, I would say that was kind of how you like, you really took me, uh, took me over the finish line. Thanks. Hey, um, we're going to take a break here. And this is the first passing around of the offering bucket. But before we even get to that, if you're interested in doing one-on-ones like Anastasia did, the free consult form is in the show notes. It's a 20-minute phone call. There is no video. If you are outside of the United States, we use Zoom audio. And in your appointment confirmation in the email that you get after you schedule the call, there is the Zoom link where you are going to click that. We're going to use audio and complete our call if you are outside of the United States. So if you want to do a pack of sessions like Anastasia did, you can schedule that free call using the 20-minute free call link in the show notes below. All right. Now, aside from that, we are passing around the Cash App offering bucket. This is these, this is for those who have consistently gotten something out of this podcast or getting a lot out of this episode now. Okay. So it's just a way to show your support, your appreciation, and it's a way for you to give back um, into something that you are getting things from. Okay. So I'm going to give you uh, just 20 seconds, 20 more seconds here to think about it. You know, if it's $5, if it's $10, whatever's on your heart, I really appreciate it. And I appreciate everyone who already has given truly, truly, truly. I'm so appreciative of those of you who uh, are getting something out of it and who think enough of the work. Um, and who trust yourself enough to trust what you that you know what to do with your five or ten dollars, twenty dollars, fifty dollars, whatever you've given that you trust yourself enough to put it into something that you trust. So um, thank you for trusting this work. Thanks for trusting yourself. Thanks for everyone who has already given. And if this is your first time today, welcome. Welcome to the Giving Club. Um. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh I I know that there are so when I people say this shit on podcasts, but I'm dead ass. <laughs> like there'll be so many people, Anastasia, that under that that relate to what you just said because and I hear it every single day on that consult calls. And people are like, Okay, I know what it is that I have. And by the time that someone has like hit my Instagram or the podcast by the time they actually schedule a free consult, they, they've like pre pre qualified themselves like 90% yeah. of the time where someone's like, I'm pretty sure like I got this insecure attachment thing. I'm pretty sure I have this codependency thing. I'm pretty sure that my partner's this avoidant thing. Um, so pretty, for the most part, people have pre qualified themselves, but what you just said is the most common thing, uh, which is I know what it is, but I don't know how to do it. And something that's really frustrating yeah. for a lot of people are these uh, little superficial, and I can hear myself getting serious because I'm going to try not to go in on therapists right now. Um, but <laughs> these like kind of superficial, not kind of superficial cliches that are like, uh, know yourself or just, just be yourself. Um, like you said, know who you are, oh, anything yeah. in that ballpark. And people are like, yeah, obviously it sounds great. It's, and if I could do it, I would do it. But what does that even mean? What, how do you absolutely. go like, what are the it's things? It's hard I need to, to know who you are. To? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to know who you are. If you spent in my case, three decades, just changing, uh, being who I want, who other people wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know who I was and mm-hmm. I, I needed like, I needed to get to step one. Mm-hmm. I, so I'm just going to ask you this little bit of a question from what you just from what you yeah. just said. What is someone's step one? What's the step one? Yeah, that's a great question. For me, it was like figuring out what I wanted, mm-hmm. like figuring out the life that I wanted to live. Yeah. Um, and and I'm and I'm not even talking about the like grand philosophical discussion. It's like. Like, what time do I want to go to bed? That's the level that I'm talking about. Yes. How many social events do I want to attend Mm -hmm. in a week? Uh, Like, that's that's the granularity I'm talking about. I'm not talking about uh, my life's purpose or anything like that. But um, 
really on a smaller scale because I had, I hadn't, I couldn't even establish boundaries around that. I didn't know, uh, I didn't know how to say, no, I'm not available this night to go out for drinks. Um, because I want, I want a night in, I, I want to, you know, watch Netflix and go to bed at 9 PM. Um, and I'm just using that as an example, obviously like your, your social life changes when you have a little kid at home, but that was the level that I needed. And I, I didn't even know where to start. Yeah. That, what you just said, I'm, I, I try to tell people, uh, one hundred times a week. Okay. So I hope maybe, maybe <laughs> now it'll stick. That's what I was like. So like I, I am constantly <laughs> telling people and people get irritated when I say it frustrated sometimes when I say, you've got to slow down. You're trying to do way too much. You're trying to do way too much. <laughs> and I think that you're laughing because you know that that's true. I know. Cause you, I'm laughing because you told me that so many times. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you, cause you're, you're a dot connector. People who um, are less type A, okay, um, I have to go about things in a different way. The goal is the same. People hit the same benchmarks. But the way that I have to, the way that I approach that type is very different than the Anastasia type, okay? Now, though, like you can, you that might be, you can be um, relationally paralyzed. Functionally, you were not. You were not. You were not. Would you agree? <laughs> Would I agree that functionally, functionally paralyzed, but not relationally? Can, can you repeat that again? Yeah, I'm. I'm suggesting that you were relationally paralyzed, but functionally. Fine. Yes. Yes. Okay. I completely agree with that statement. And I think that's why my the first um, first therapist I work with, I think that's why it took so long to uncover those people losing tendencies. Because mm-hmm. she's like, functionally, you know, you don't stay at work uh, 90 hours a week. You know, you don't feel the need to, to people please there. You get your work done mm-hmm. and you're successful and you move along. Uh, so that is a really good way to put it functionally um like relationships paralyzed but not functionally yeah Yeah, that's really good and so with with your type of person like that's all that was also primarily my type like how I showed up and so um it there's like a certain way that I kind of like know how we think um which which can be very like okay I know what the I know what the goal is I know what the big picture is now I'm going to bury myself in it until, like, I solve this problem. And you have that ability to do that, right? But one of the one that, that serves us in some areas, like, functionally or in work, like, it's great. But when it comes to, like, the emotional part, the relational part, it actually is a detriment to this process. And that's why in this type of character, like, my type and your type, and I get this type often – Right. I also get the other type, but this is, but so if I have, if I have bin number one and bin number two, let's call the type that I'm describing the highly functional um, and low functioning relationally, let's call that like group number one. With group number one, we try to go, you tried to go, and people like this try to go so fast and try to go so big and so far Mm. and so wide that you could actually miss the most important parts, which is the, like, you know, a big part of this process was slowing down and just being like, what do I want? Not like you just said, I don't need to know my whole, like, like this isn't an existential problem. Actually, it's a very, it's a very like day to day (laughs) kind of like, I don't need to, I don't need to learn. I know how to set boundaries for like, you know, like in such a grand way, but what, I love it's a that. tactical problem. It's a tactical yes, problem. It it's, it's not an existential problem. It, yeah. it really is. It really, I love that. Ta- I'm, I'm not going to forget that. It's a tactical issue. It's like, okay, let's just go to this little point. I need you to decide what time you're going to wake up. Decide what time you're going to sleep. I need to, you to know what your routine is before you go to sleep. What is your routine right when you wake up? And it's those little things. People don't believe me. They do not believe me when I'm like, I promise you. 
the key, one of the major keys to breaking codependency, exactly what you said, it is it is deciding how my day goes and getting control over that. You get control over that, you get control over your life. Our life is only a series of days. So if you can if you get mm-hmm. your day down, you've got your life. Yes, absolutely. And Taylor, you're so right. The list, the one of the first homework assignments you gave me was my nighttime routine. Mm-hmm. And I still have that written down, pinned to my cork board above my desk because that's my time. Like I yeah. I didn't have I didn't have my time. And now now I know what I'm gonna do and you know, nobody yes. nobody encroaches on that. It's amazing. It makes such a difference. Such a difference. Such a small thing, but it's such a big thing. So thank oh. you. Cause I'm like, someone needs to say it. Cause I'm like, people are like, no, I want to go big. I'm like, no, go small, go small, go small. And that's what gets you the, the big results. So, yep. So much of this work is a paradox, which is really kind of fun for my brain. But anyway, anyway, um, what's different? What's different? So you, so because we, we're, we're hearing some of like the ways that you as an individual have changed how you move through the world, but how have those changes affected how you experience your family or how they experience you? Oh, great question. How have the changes I made affect how I experience the world, how I experience my family and they experience me? That's a really good question. Um, I would say from my perspective, so like how like my experience has changed. Um, I used to view... And I'm using the word boundaries loosely. So this mm-hmm. could be anything from like, oh, I don't want to have, I don't want to talk about that right now. Don't ask me when I'm going to have kids, you know, uh, from that to, uh, no, sorry, I, I, I'm i tired. I'm going home. Like it's 12 p.m. I don't want to stay at the bar until 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a theme. <laughs> the theme is that I've gone to bed later in my life than I've ever wanted to. And that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the theme of my boundary issue. I just want to be in bed. Um yes. <laughs> so a big way that will change the way I experience the world is it's going to sound a little like cheesy but mm-hmm. I value what I need now mm-hmm. and I, I really didn't before it was it was and not in a super self-deprecating way but I you know I did what I did what uh, um, I did what I thought others wanted me to do mm-hmm. and and at times because I would make decisions based on what I thought others wanted. Sometimes I would make these decisions without input from others. Yeah. Um, yeah. It made me feel like, Oh, I'm, I'm the martyr. You know, I'm such a good friend because I do X, Y, and Z, whether or not somebody asked me to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where I didn't really feel like a lot of, I was fulfilled in a lot of relationships in the sense that I felt like I was giving more than I was receiving. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was my fault. You know, that was, me not knowing a but what we talked about earlier 20 minutes ago mm-hmm. not knowing what i wanted mm-hmm. um and then b not not valuing myself enough to implement what i wanted but the first question i needed to answer for myself was what i wanted and so to long winding explanation for how it's affected me it 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 feels like my relationships are really like equitable now. Um, uh-huh. And it wasn't anyone else's, it wasn't anybody else's, it wasn't from anyone else changing. Um, so it's not like I went and changed all these people. It was, it, it was uh, me deciding what I needed. And I was fortunate enough that I'm, I'm, I'm surrounded by a good group of people. So when I determined what it was that I uh, needed, like they, you know, I'm still friends with them. On the family front, um, I think, oh man, COVID has been like a convenient excuse in some ways, or just a convenient, uh, that on top of the fact that now we have another kid, so it's harder to, um, it's harder to travel as like free form as we did before, mm-hmm. where I don't, I haven't been in the large, large group dynamic environment that I, used to be in a lot more often Mm -hmm. um and uh, so some of those family relationships may have not come to a head like they would have otherwise Mm -hmm. um but in relationships where i have i have seen certain family members um it's a little bit awkward like it's a little bit awkward when 
uh, I have a parent start talking about something, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to talk to you about what my body looks like three weeks after giving birth. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't want to talk about that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not the hard thing was learning that there might be some relationships you have that don't have that nuance because with certain friends, that is a topic of conversation I can talk about. We can talk about how, how we're recovering. We can talk about what we're doing to get back into fit, but that relationship, um, with certain members of my family, like lacks the ability to sense that nuance. And it was, it was more, Oh God, like that patriarchal view. Wow. You know, that's, yeah, you have your baby and you get back in shape and mm-hmm. uh, women uh, don't look a certain way. They're going to get left. And uh, that's, that's the mentality that I was dealing with with mm-hmm. members of my family. And I'm, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to talk with you about this. And it was super, it was awkward as hell, like super awkward. Um, and and I still have to bring, bring it up sometimes, but, um, it it keeps my peace. Yes. It makes, it makes the situation uncomfortable, but I would have just been uncomfortable otherwise. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was probably the hardest thing to do. That was the hardest thing to do with set boundaries with people that like, I had to accept that nuance wasn't going to be understood by everyone. Yes. And so. I don't know if that makes sense. I hope it does. (laughs) It made a lot of sense. And I'm going to kind of like just spin it back to you to make sure that we're hearing it all right. Because what I'm hearing you say is that you started to value your own experience above all others. (laughs) In a healthy yeah. way, and that can be yeah. kind of like a triggering statement because it can be like, oh my gosh, is that being selfish? Um, you know, that's a different, no. Right. How, how do you, before I even keep going recapping, how do you make the distinction? Can you help somebody with that? The distinction between... Setting um, boundaries and Like and my needs selfish. and others. Like what is, how do you kind yeah. of like extract that word or that connotation to the boundary setting itself? That's a good question. Um, that's, that's a good question. I think one thing that's helped me like feel comfortable as I'm on this journey is realizing that having boundaries means I can say yes when things really matter. Um, and that relationships are two way streets. Like I can't sit here and say, I'm not doing this. I, I don't want to do that. You should do this. You should do that. And like expect to have friends at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Friendships mm-hmm. are, are a two way street and relationships are a two way street. Mm-hmm. And so if um, my husband wants to go see Jurassic park at, on the big screen, and I'm like, hey, that's going to make him so, so happy. I don't really care about doing that, but I do want to do that. That's going to make him really happy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like an instance where my fault is, is, is setting a boundary of not wanting to see a movie for me is not something that, uh, is not something that like takes a lot out of me. So like I, I can go see, I'm happy to go watch Jurassic Park, make my husband happy and he's excited about it and we get time to spend together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would define a boundary as something that like, is it going to take a lot from me? that like is, is what it's going to take for me more than what it's going to give the other person mm-hmm. um, is mm-hmm. one way to look at it. But there are instances uh. where, yeah, maybe it is going to disappoint somebody and maybe it's still the thing that I need to do to maintain my, my sanity mm-hmm. to maintain my wants and needs. Mm-hmm. And if, if that happens time and time again, maybe that relationship that you're in platonic uh, romantic, whatever it is, maybe that relationship isn't sustainable. Mm -hmm. Like maybe what they were expecting out of you. And I saw this on the flip side too, because I was so quote unquote generous. I expected the same from others. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes that's not sustainable. Um, So uh, that was a very long winded answer. I'm literally sitting back in my chair. Like you are, I've had a long day, Anastasia. Honestly, this is the very last thing that I'm doing today. (laughs) 
And I'm so grateful. Thank you for always, thank you for always <laughs> making time late in your day because I'm on the West Coast. I, yes. I so appreciate it. <laughs> Monday nights were always your time. They were always our time for our sessions, which Monday was great. Um, I obviously need to move to California because like 75% of my clients live in Cali. Um, so it's the energy. It's just a di- we got a di- it's a different kind of vibe. Okay, it's a different kind of vibe. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, Lord, I'm, what am I even talking about? What were I even talking about? Oh, how great you are at explaining this. I'm, I'm sitting back oh. like I'm so glad I don't have to coach this. Like you're coaching it. Like I asked you what is step one, and you just took it away. Oh. Like thank you, thanks. I'm sitting oh, back you're, like yeah, okay. you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yep, yep, is a yep. uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, and I guess it's, it's not really a question you're going to have answered, right? This is something that I was bringing up. I think I said, I was like, but Tabor, how, I don't want to be an asshole. And you looked at me and you're like, you're, this, we are so far away from that on the spectrum. Yes. Like, you just need, you need to figure out what time you want to go to bed. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Okay. Yeah. That's because uh, that's how we got here yeah. was making the distinction with the selfishness thing. Okay. That's how we really got yes, here. Yeah. Making the distinction with the selfishness. Yes, um, but sometimes choosing yourself, I think like you have to be okay with some people viewing you choosing yourself as being selfish. Yeah. Like I've, <clears throat> that there might be some like uh stronghold relationships that you have in your life, whether they're familial or whether it's a really old friend where, the relationship you built has been on your selflessness, mm-hmm. um, and that's what they expect. And so, you putting up a boundary um, might seem like an affront to them if that's what if that's what they've been used to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is it it can be, but also I don't know. You got to look out for number one. Like you got to look out for yourself. Listen to you, number one. I love it. Yeah. I love it, and I and I I love that you're you're giving me uh, you're you're. It's so obvious that it's not coming from a place of like, okay, now I'm like this self righteous, like arrogant person that's like, now people ought to do what I say to do because I need to go get my yeah, God, go, I hope go not. get justice right <laughs> for all the wrongs that have happened to me because you've gotten to because that, that is such a, a a sticky trap for some people like they swing in the other direction, but yeah. what you're what you're showing is a really great balance of like me and other, which is the purpose. We want to be able to be separate individuals, but to be together in relationship. And I can say that we can say that kind of thing, but what you're describing, what you're showing is like an actual example of it in real life, which is awesome. Um, you can, and you the can one prioritize. Last- oh, you're mm-hmm. Okay, I'll say this, going, and then you going. go. That you can prioritize yourself <laughs> and and not like leave your family in the dust, right? Because some, sometimes, truly, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, kick rocks, husband. Like, no, that's not the point. Yeah. Like, that's not what we're doing here. It's actually the like the boundary setting actually facilitates your best relationships rather than reducing yes. them or making someone feel bad, which is so often the fear that someone comes in with when they're actually like implementing boundaries. So, yeah. Yes. Taylor, that, that was touching exactly what I was going to say mm-hmm. um, in terms of like my experience, which was uh, it feels incredible to, it feels incredible to have set boundaries, you know, just like in terms of like maintaining your life, what your life looks like. So then when shit hits the fan and your friend calls and you're like, can can you watch can you watch my cat for four days because I need to fly I need to go to a funeral tomorrow and you're like hell yes I can do that because I care about you I love you and I'm not you know I don't have 17 social obligations booked mm-hmm. tomorrow night because that takes away from my peace and this is something that I can do because you know you're my friend and yeah. we we take care of each other so that was basically just an example of what you had said taylor of mm-hmm. making it enables you to have the best type of relationship yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and that uh, the the, yeah. the flexibility that you're showing where you're able to you can know the truth about like your worth and what you're able and, and the, the the real power that you have in your life you can know that and still like you just shared in that example and you like you said a couple of minutes ago too that uh, like with your the example with Jurassic Park, like I can know that I can say no to this 
if I want to, if I need to, I can do that. But I can be flexible enough to take the context is what you're describing. I can take the context into consideration. It's not like I'm now this like rigid boundary robot or whatever. And I'm also not a doormat, (laughs) but I'm able to like consider what is my energy level? What do I have going on tomorrow that might make me, you know, that might um, affect what I agree to do today? Um, what do, what do yeah. I, what, um, is, is, is it pretty inconsequential? And even though, like you said, I might not want to do this, but because it doesn't matter, can I just do it anyway? And that's just a normal aspect of relationship, regardless of what kind of relationship. Sometimes it's just like, okay, well, it's not a big deal. Um, when we're in, and I'll just point this out for someone listening that is in the process. Um, sometimes when we're, when we're, when we're still in the insecure state, Um, and we've had our boundaries just walked all over like Anastasia has had in the past and like I have had in the past. Um, Sometimes it feels scary to like uh, to start agreeing to other people's stuff again because we're afraid that like I'm going to slip down in a codependent hole and I'm not going to be able to get back out. But and I'm going to relate this back to what you said, what you shared about um, when we said the thing about you oh you not wanting to be an asshole and I was like we're so far away from being an asshole that for you to be an <laughs> asshole you would have to be so extreme um the codependent people are so far from asshole behavior I mean it's like okay you're just being like a healthy individual saying no <laughs> like it's not like this like big yeah. bad monstrous thing um but yeah we can like kind of say uh well, Lord, I lost my train of thought. I'm you've, I'm connecting so many things with what you said. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. I'm just like, whoa, that, that, that. Like, look at that. Look at that over there. Like, this is all just really, really good. I think what I was saying is hmm, that uh, I have no idea, Anastasia. I think that when I listen back to it, it'll it'll come together. But I guess what I'm saying is, you got it. <laughs> you really got this thing. <laughs> like you're hitting all of it. Okay, quick note here. <laughs> and I was right when I did when I did do the playback. I was like, okay, I, I see where I was going here. And essentially, it was just it was just drilling the point of emotional of of the fle- not even emotional flexibility of flexibility, <laughs> flexibility, human flexibility of not being so rigid in our. Uh, in our boundaries, not being so rigid in our standards or expectations, not being so rigid, even in our routine, that we're able to flex sometimes when either necessary or when we have made a conscious decision. When we've made a conscious decision, we have, uh, let's say, accounted for any of the consequences and still decide to make that decision. As you get healthier, and the fear is in uh, making that decision and making the wrong decision. That's why we feel fearful. But trust that um, just like Anastasia did, as you get healthier, you get a better read on yourself. And so you're better able to say no when you really mean no and yes when you truly mean yes. Okay, if you're wondering how, 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 well, you got to get into the process like Anastasia did to get you to understand yourself better. What we're sharing right now are principles that work for everybody, right? This, like these principles that I talk about all the time that my clients are that Anastasia is talking about. Um, she's sharing individual life, ex- her individual life experiences, but the principles are the things that work for everyone, right? Um, but you have an individual life and you are not her. And in order to make this meaningful, and in order to really make the internal shift for you, trust that you are not going to outsmart this thing, okay? Yeah. Well, I mean, you could try, I, I didn't. Okay, I don't know anybody, I don't know any therapist, my therapist didn't um, do it on her own. I don't know any coaches that did it on their own. I've never met anyone, I've never heard anyone who is in a really healthy position that claims that they did it truly all by themselves. If you want to keep doing that, that is totally your prerogative. You would be the first one that we've heard of. And I would love for you to start some sort of work where you can serve people and help people do what they what you've done on their own that would be amazing however um, I suggest that uh, we need others this uh, these kind of problems were created via humans and they are solved via human and with that let's get back to it so yeah, well, I don't know. Oh man, it was like it was a beautiful what? What was it? Maybe like nine months, ten months that we were being together. Mm-hmm. Just like really amazing at seeing the seeing like the step by step progress of like what it means to get it and how. I remember on the first intake call, I was like, "Can you make me not feel crazy?" And you're like, "Oh hell yeah!" Like it's amazing on this side of it. <laughs> I was like, "Okay." 
yeah. Isn't it wild? Uh, thinking? I remember I read back your short form at, on our last call, right? And it was like, you, you did it. Yeah. You did everything that did you it. said that you wanted to do. You did it. And yeah, it was about nine months, I think, total. It was, what do we do? Like 12 sessions and then a break for maybe a yeah. month or something and then picked up and ended up doing another 10. Yeah, that sounds about right. I was going to say around 20, Mm -hmm. around like 20 sessions. Very good. Yeah. You've shared like so much on this episode. Like I, you really could come. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting because what I love is that you by just being yourself, right? You develop the the skills that you have. And like you said, it's like like a tactical thing. It's not like you don't have to become a different person. You just got to do some different things and you'll be okay. And um, you've shared so much. You could coach people effectively through this. (laughs) But, but what, but the, the part I'll say before I ask you this last question is that you, you are coaching people through this. Like it's not only in this podcast, but with your children primarily and most significantly, like it's amazing to, for me, so it's, I mean, even more for you, for, but for me to even know that your kids, your daughters get to experience you like this. Like setting up more, I mean, yes, is this a genderless thing? But and when we talk about historical context and context is important, women especially, and you've men, you mentioned patriarchy twice, maybe two or three times in this episode. And, um, and, but so historic, in historical context, women in particular, in particular, have not had the experience of, whether it's um, the experience of, of, healthy boundaries, the experience of healthy relating, the experience yes. of being able to be an individual and have romantic relationship or healthy platonic friendships. And so to know that like, yeah, your daughters get to have this version of you is so, so, so special. So that's amazing. And that's the you're, last thing. You're I right, have. Taylor. We're, <laughs> mm-hmm. we're, we're socialized to please. We're yeah. socialized to please. So it's, um, it's a lot of us unlearning that, that needs to happen and and it feels so great to be able to say to I don't know my kids are my kids are fighting uh one kid wants my other kid's water bottle and I can say you you don't need to that's yours like you don't need to give it to your sister Mm -hmm. she is upset that's okay Mm -hmm. um and being like wow that is I would never have known how to navigate this like two years ago uh so it it does feel good to be able to to be able to help um, help them learn that you know their emotions don't need to be driven by driven by what other people want. Yeah, in other words, guilt, guilt, shame. So yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Amazing. Uh, uh, well, I guess <laughs> if you could, if you could just, if you could pinpoint, if you could nutshell one thing, if you if you just knew that everyone listening was going to walk away with one thing in particular. Uh, so, last question: What would it be? One one thing walk away in particular. Um, it is it is work to get here. Like I think that's one thing. I was at first I'm like, why am I so tired after sessions, and why is it so hard for me to like say no or set a boundary? Because you haven't fucking done it in your life. That's why it's so hard. Um, so I think like it. it I, and just in case, like, it's discouraging for anyone, mm-hmm. I'm like, why hasn't my life changed immediately? Like, I've, I've gone through one session. Um, well, because it is, I don't know, you can't run a, can't run a eight-minute mile going for, if you haven't gone on a jog in 10 years. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, no, maybe no, you no, do yeah, have. Yeah, maybe, yeah, you're, yeah. maybe you can. I, I, I cannot. <laughs> right. Um, where it's, or you don't, you don't get, you don't get good at bench pressing by watching someone do it, right? right you need right, to get right. under the bar and start with the bar and then start adding weight and, and do it yourself yes, 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 um, yes. and do it repeatedly. So I think that's one thing that if there's one thing you walk away with, it's that it's, it might sound cheesy, but you need to practice. Like you need to practice it. Yeah. Wow. I have nothing to add. I'm like, I'm going to try to tell these people. 
try to tell people. So I love that. Thank you. Cause yeah, it is, it's, it's, it does take some work. You gotta be consistent. You gotta be committed. It is not always fun and we're not always laughing like this. So that's for sure. Right. But, um, but right. The, the end result is so great and nothing worth having is easy. I mean, that's just life. <laughs> like gotta do it that's true that's that's true <laughs> this is really really good anastasia i really appreciate you sharing everything i think you're gonna uh i think you're gonna listen to this and hear yourself and be like you i'm not telling you to quit your job but i am <laughs> saying that if you did <laughs> you would be able to pick this thing up and help you i need people helping people get out of anxious attachment quicker so if you do feel like you want to do a career change please let me know please, please. i'll hit you up okay uh, so, <laughs> no worries here you've got a job you've got a job so great um, thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, thank, thank you. Like, A, thank you for everything. Thank you for the thoughtful questions. Um, it got me thinking, too, just like during our during this uh, podcast episode of being able to really think back and having a little bit of space from yeah. uh, when it felt like, oh, I wrapped this up. And being able to reflect back on that time was, it was good for me, too. So thank you. You're welcome. All right, y'all. That's the game. That's the game. Thanks so much for listening. Again, if you are interested in doing one-on-ones, the free consult call link is below. If you are interested in contributing to the Cash App, showing appreciation for the work, gratitude for the work, or just want to support me and the show, um, please, the Cash App tag is below. It's dollar sign Taychand, T-A-Y-C-H-A-N-D. Thanks so much, y'all. And I look forward to seeing you next week.